Well, good morning, Christ Church. Welcome to our online service. Hey, if you're watching online, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, don't forget to like. Also, sh uh, uh, share our messages, share our services. Uh, when you share, it's the best way for us to reach more people uh, for the gospel uh, and for their faith as well, too. So make sure you like, share. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe so you can make sure you get all the notifications of when we come out with new services or do anything on our YouTube page. Well, today we're going to be continuing and ending our sermon series that we've been in for the last several weeks. And the sermon series has been Stop Trying and Start Training. The goal of our series is that you and I would establish more discipline in our lives. We've been borrowing from the book from Charles Swindoll, So You Want to Be Like Christ. That's the name of the book. That's the title. And the whole book, the whole premise is to talk about the spiritual disciplines uh, that we practice so that we can become more and more like Christ. You know, when you get saved, when, when you become a follower of Jesus, uh, the work doesn't stop, but it just begins. And now we're called to this thing called maturity. Um, a couple years ago, maybe more than a couple years ago, um, I had a year in review with my boss at the job that I that I previously had. Now, as I'm walking in this this, this meeting, I'm excited because I'm expecting a raise. Uh, I, I'm expecting, you know, uh, a little uh, a little comfort, uh, an extra spot uh, closer to the building. You know, I, I'm expecting all these things because the job that I was at, I worked very hard. Right? I played no games. I, I was the first one to show up and the last one to leave. You, you bet you're behind. I was a hard worker. So I'm expecting to have a good review, a year-end review with my boss. But let's just say this. It didn't go as I expected. Uh, he proceeded to tell me all the times that I was late, all the times uh, that, I, uh, that I, I, I clocked out too early and all of that. And he proceeded to tell me, you know what your problem is, Anderson? You need, you need to grow up. And I'll never forget that was the day that I walked out. I'll never forget that. That was the day that I walked out and, you know, my ego was wounded and I was uh, a little bit sour because uh, I didn't want to hear the truth, right? right? I, I didn't like the truth. I just wanted to be told that I was great at everything. But the truth of the matter is, and it still is the same thing today, that I need to mature, Right, maturity is our goal. Maturity is, is what we're called as followers of Jesus. Jesus wants you and I to be daily pursuing a new and better version of ourselves. Let me say that again uh, for the people in the back that are watching. Jesus wants us to have daily practices that create a newer and better version of what we have today. And friends, we said that's through spiritual disciplines in our lives. As we continuously practice disciplines, not only does it change us, but it deepens our connection, our confidence, and our relationship with Christ. It deepens and it strengthens and it brings confidence in our trust in Christ in our lives. So here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to know this, that as we finish this sermon series, don't just say to yourself, all right, I don't need to do these spiritual practice. No, friends, this is meant to get kickstart you in the future of what your life was going to look like today. And what is your life going to look like today? It's going to be a life where you are constantly seeking and establishing spiritual practice. Because here's what I want you guys to know. We cross over to the better version of ourselves when we practice spiritual disciplines. Here's the thing I want you to know. Nothing is accomplished without discipline. 
Nothing is accomplished. Nothing grows without discipline. You have to daily be at work in this. This is, listen, growth doesn't happen naturally. Growth happens through discipline. So that's what we want to do, and that's what we talk about. So today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics. I'm just joking. It's not my favorite topic. Today's topic is very, hits close to home. It's something my wife tells me that I struggle with all the time. It's something that uh, my bosses, even still today, would tell me, yeah, this is your biggest issue. And I don't like hearing it, right? Who, who, know, who knows? Uh, now I'm in my 30s. I still don't like hearing the truth. But, but, <laughs> but today we're going to talk about, you ready? Pride. We're going to talk about pride. We're going to talk about how pride is the great destroyer of our lives. Pride is the great uh, destroyer of our lives. So we're going to be reading out of 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, it's 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to be getting at verse 5 and reading all the way to 11. I need to drink some water. All right. <coughs> 1 Peter <coughs> chapter 5, verses 5 through 11. It says this. <coughs> I'm sorry. Just getting over cold, folks. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Verse 6. Humble yourselves, <coughs> therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so in the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties onto him, because he cares for you. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same, same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout all the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is one of my favorite sections in the scriptures. I love this passage. Now, we're not going to be able to talk about every single verse, but we are going to talk about the theme of what Peter wants to get across as he is uh, uh, closing this letter to a group of Christians who are under heavy persecution. As he closes this letter, what he wants them to know, what he wants to remind them, and he wants to remind them, friends, if you're taking down notes, write this down. Peter wants to remind them there is great blessing and value in practicing humility. Let me say that one more time. There is great blessing and value in practicing humility. Now, our blessings come from God. God is the great blesser, right? And we want blessing. But blessing isn't so much uh, what you get, but blessing is, establishes who you become, right? We become more and more like the version of God wants us to be like, which is like Christ, through the practice of humility. But I want you to see humility uh, is more than just a virtue. It begins with the practice in your life. If you know anything about Greek mythology, you know about this guy by the name of Achilles. Anybody ever heard of Achilles before? Now, Achilles was a great Roman warrior. He was the man, right? We know that Achilles was the most dominant warrior in all the Greeks. But here's the thing. He had a weakness. Now, if you don't know about his story, what gave him strength was when he was a toddler, his mom dipped him into this magical, mystic water, uh, and this water gave him supernatural ability. But here's the thing. She held him by his heel. Hence is why they call him Achilles' heel. 
And as he grew, grew older, uh, he began to dominate and begin to be strong and begin to create a, a legacy about his name. Um, but here's the thing. No matter where you stri uh, strike him, it would never take him down. But if you strike him by his, if you struck him by his heel, he would fall. He was a very great, strong warrior, but he had a weakness. Here's what I want to say, friends. All of us have a weakness. Everyone who is watching online right now, everyone has a weakness and a vulnerability to their character. And if we don't keep an eye on it, listen to this, we don't keep an eye on it or keep it in check, it will destroy our lives. We don't keep an eye on it, we don't keep this thing in check, it will destroy our lives. And of course, none other when I'm talking about our Achilles heel happens to be pride. Pride is our Achilles heel. Pride is the thing that will destroy families. Pride is the thing that will keep someone continuously down the path of addiction. Pride is the thing that will keep you anxious all the time. Pride is that, is that thing that will keep you from trusting God and walking with God and the things that he's calling you to. Now, the pride I'm talking about isn't the pride where you're, you're, you're proud of your kids. The pride I'm talking about is you, you, at the Little League game, you go up to the coach and you give them a piece of your mind because your kid isn't getting enough playing time. That's the pride I'm talking about because I did that. But anyway, uh, the pride I'm talking about is not the pride where you're proud of yourself. The pride I'm talking about is where you're full of yourself. The pride I'm talking about is not the pride where, where hey, man, I'm proud of where I've come from. I'm proud of my, my accomplishment. No, the pride I'm talking about is the pride where you get super defensive by everything. When someone tries to give you feedback, you're the first one to respond with anger and wrath. Pride is something that we struggle with. Now, here's the one thing I want you to know. When we think about pride, we always think pride is this, is this idea where we just think too highly of ourselves. Right Now, that is a form of pride. But also, pride can be someone who thinks too lowly of themselves, too. Pride is more than just, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, not, uh, uh, I'm the big shop. I always got to be number one. I always got to uh, uh, be in front. I always got to be no, no. Pride is both when you think too highly and think too lowly, right? Because pride is nothing but an unhealthy preoccupation with self. So the, this, this, this is how you know if, 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 you're, if you're battling pride. Do you constantly struggle with self-image? Do you constantly struggle uh, with your body and security, right? Do you constantly struggle with the, with the things like jealousy or bitterness Insecurity. Uh, are, are you someone who always feel like you have to impress others? <laughs> you, you live from a performance mindset. I grew up in a household where sports was a big deal. My dad was, a, was in the military, and, you know, there's one thing that was very, very, very important in our household, and it was performance. And if you didn't perform the way you needed to, whether it was sports or the classroom or your chores at home, you, 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 you were tore down. And therefore, you're working from a place not out of love, but you're working from a place out of fear. Maybe you're someone who is like me. You have a title behavior. You, just, you think everyone uh, uh, should bow down to you. Here's, here's what you think. You think... You think life is nothing but a big movie. You're the main character, and everyone's a supporting cast. 
Is that you today? <clears throat> Pride is when we are overly focused on others' flaws. When we're overly focused on our own flaws. Pride is when you get critical. Pride is when you get defensive. My wife and I, uh, uh, one time she came home and I had just cleaned up, right? <clears throat> now she walked, she walked in, she got home late, the kids are in bed, but I cleaned up the house, I mopped, I, I vacuumed. Dude, I even scrubbed the couch. Tell me what husband goes out of his way to scrub the couch. I did, I, listen, I wiped the, the ceiling fan. Oh my God, I did it all. And she walked in, you know what she said? She said, I'm sleepy. I'm like, you don't see what I just did right here? You, you, don't, you don't see this? Can you see my work? You should be proud of me. You're lucky to be married to me, lady. <laughs> You're probably all laughing right now like this guy is an idiot. Yes, I am. <laughs> right? What was, I, what was I trying to do? I was trying to get her to focus on what I did. I was trying to get her to focus on my accomplishments. <coughs> and deep down inside, what I wanted was a sense of acceptance and love and all that. Pride is when you're overly focused on your preference. Mm -hmm. Overly focused on your preference. Anybody highly opinionated? Yeah. You're highly opinionated. You feel like everybody needs to hear what you have to say. You can't be quiet. You think everybody's got to hear about how, how right you are or how left you are? Uh, I remember going on a Facebook post. Don't ever get into a Facebook post war or comment war. It's the worst thing ever. I did it. Some guy was trying to say LeBron James is the GOAT and all that. You know about my, my love for Michael Jordan. I love Kobe. He's my favorite player. But Michael Jordan is the G-O-A-T, the GOAT. <coughs> and I remember going back and forth. Next you know, this guy and I, we're talking about each other's mamas, and he's calling me ugly, and yeah, it was bad. Your pastor is flawed, I'm sorry, okay? Don't, I'm sorry. You know, pride is the great enemy and the great disturber to our souls. Pride leaves us to the point where we can never be at peace. You know, pride is a joy killer. Pride kills our joy, right? Pride kills our perspective. But listen to the words of Peter. Here's what I want you to know. Pride is a great disturber of peace. Humility is the great preserver of peace. There's a difference. One brings peace and one destroys peace. And of course, God wants us to be people of peace because he's the God of peace. But we, we find this peace, we find this joy, we, we find that not when we put ourselves on a pedestal, but when we lower ourselves. Jesus says, if you want to be great, if you want to find the satisfaction that your soul is looking for, don't look to have the highest seat, take the lowest seat. Humility is something of great value. St. Augustine, a, very, uh, a, a church father from back, back in the day, he was asked from one of his students, what's the greatest virtue in the Christian life? And you know what he said? He gave three things. I'll give you three things. He says, humility, humility. He said, let me think about it, humility. Can I give you two more? And they said, yeah, sure. Humility. <laughs> Can I give you the fifth one? They said, we kind of already know. <laughs> right? It's the greatest value in our lives because if we're not careful, we will be people that are constantly feeding our ego more than feeding our faith. 
We'll be people that are constantly feeling what we want, not being able to do what God wants us to do in our lives. Now, I love what Charles Swindoll says. He says, humility, yes, can be a virtue, but humility is about what you are pursuing, right? Humility isn't so much a, 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 something somebody was born with. Believe me, I have kids. My kids are not humble, right? My son yesterday, literally just yesterday, my oldest slapped my youngest in the face, right? Well, what happened? He took my cookie. Bro, you got like seven cookies. You can't go without one cookie? You that selfish? We're born selfish. And here's the thing, that selfishness, that selfishness grows. You don't mature, it grows. So we have to literally take the practice by humbling ourselves. So again, I love what Charles Swindoll says. Humility isn't so much a character trait, it's a practice. Right? It's about what you're seeking. See, if you're seeking, if you're seeking to fulfill yourself, it's going to be hard to be humble. But if you're seeking to please God, well, that's a difference. If you're seeking to, to please God, Christian humility, what it is, it's just, it's just the ability of having self-knowledge of yourself. Right? Humility isn't demeaning yourself. It's not thinking poorly of yourself. It's having the correct estimate of yourself. Right? Right? You have a, you have a, a knowledge of self. You're able to say, hey, I'm, I'm strong over here. Listen, God has gifted me to be a preacher, but I'm not very organized. Now, either I can keep faking it and acting like I got it all together, or I can admit I need help when I need help. Right? And that's what humility is. Humility is, a, is the ability to acknowledge your strengths, but also the, the ability to acknowledge your weaknesses as well. Because we all got strengths. But let's be honest, we all got weaknesses too. Right? We, we, we all got things we're really good at. We also got things that, as my mom likes to say, we can grow in. As I like to say, you're, you're not very great at. Right? Right? And, and, and humility is the ability to say to yourself, hey, it's okay that I can ask somebody for help. It's okay that I can to, to admit that, hey, I don't have all the answers. Maybe I need to ask someone for it. Everything rises and falls on humility or pride. The Bible says uh, a pride comes before destruction. The Bible also says humility brings healing to your bones. So what are we going to do? Are we going to be people of pride? Or are we going to be people of humility? I love the Apostle Peter's charge to each and every one of us. Look what he starts in verse 5. He says, likewise, you who are younger be subject to the elders. Now, elders, this is where we get the word Presbyterian from. You ever heard about the Presbyterians? The elder in the Greek is Presbyteria. And, and elders were the leaders of the church, right? But notice, right out the gate, Peter talks about the younger listening to the elders. Now, Peter could be talking about the leaders in the church, or he could be talking about people who are a little bit older in faith. He could be saying those who are young in faith and those who are experienced in faith. It could be either or. We don't know. But the one thing Peter's trying to tell us is that the first step to humility is acting like you, you need to know more knowledge. You know, he says the first step to humility, listening to others. Listening to others. Not acting like you know everything. The first step to humility is saying, I don't know everything. I need more knowledge. I need more, I need more understanding. I need to grow more. 
And I need to get around people who can help me do that more and more in our lives. It's the ability for us to say, I need to listen. James says in his letter, he says, he says, be slow to anger, slow to speak, quick to listen. <laughs> We're not great listeners. We're great talkers. We're great ignorers. All right. We're great at that, but we have to be people, as James says, I'm sorry, as Peter says, that our first step to humility is realizing you don't have enough wisdom. And he says we need to get before people in our lives, and we need to have people that can get us to the place where we're maturing and growing and giving us a little experience. I'm going to speak to all the young people right now. Do not act like you have life all figured out. You do not. I'm going to speak to everybody my age, all the people that are 25 and older, but um, I'm just joking. I'm not 25, all right? Just relax, relax. I want to speak to everybody. My, you still have a lot of growing to do. Speak to, listen, you have a lot of growing to do. I want to speak to everybody 40 and up. You're, listen, you have a little experience, but you still have some growing to do. Peter says, you need to learn how to subject yourself and listen to others. And then he says in verse 5, as it continues, he says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Listen to this. He says, clothe yourself. It's like literally when you put on your T-shirt, right? It's the same way as what he means. He's like, put on humility, we need to put on humility, which means, again, this is a decision we have, to, we have to make every day. We have to tell ourselves, hey, today I have to realize it's not all about me. And if people don't listen to my opinion, that doesn't mean that I'm, that, that, that I'm ignored, that I'm not valued. If, if I don't get my way, it doesn't mean life is over. It just means that I have to learn that I don't always have to get my way, Right? And here's, here's where humility really works powerfully. And he says it in verse 5. He says, be humble towards one another. And he uses the language, clothe yourself. He's trying to say this, humility equips us to serve others well. Think about if humility was more of a practice in our marriages. If you, if you look back and you trace back all the way from marriages that end in divorce, you can always, always find a hint of pride. When you can always find a hint of pride. Think about how this helps our marriages. Think about how this helps us when we raise our kids. You know, one thing that I, I pride myself on, listen, I'm not a perfect father. I mess, up with, I mess up with my kids all the time. One day, I got a little too angry with my, my older son. I said some things that I shouldn't have said and, you know, made him upset and cry. I mean, he's only three and and you know what, I, I remember later on, and I remember talking to him, and I said, man, I'm sorry. He's, he can understand what I'm saying. I said, dude, I'm sorry, you know, daddy isn't perfect. Daddy's a very broken man. Daddy needs Jesus. We all need Jesus, son. I'm sorry. You please, please forgive me. And you know, he says, yes. <laughs> what was I doing in that moment? I was admitting to my child, I'm not perfect. I was admitting to my child, I'm a broken man, right? Humility isn't trying to tell everybody your accomplishments. Your humility is sometimes reminding people, I'm broken, but I need Christ, right? It's, it's, it's the ability because it helps us to serve others well, and there's great joy in serving others. Being humble 
towards others so that you and I can experience the great joy in our lives. And then Peter moves on. He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. I'm going to end like this. This is very powerful. He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God means this. It means the hand of God in the scriptures is a symbolic meaning for deliverance and salvation. The word was used first in Exodus when, when, when God, Yahweh, is speaking to Moses and he tells Moses that Pharaoh will not let you go unless he is compelled, listen to this, by a mighty hand. Here, here's, 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 what, here's what he's trying to say, and I'm going to say it in a nutshell. Being under the mighty hand of God is saying, I am not in control. That means I'm depending on God's strength, presence, power, and everything that he has. Being under the mighty hand of God is, is humbling myself and saying, I can't do this life on my own strength, right? I can't handle my problems. I can't raise my kids. I can't love my spouse. I can't be the leader that I need to be on my own strength, but I will be under the mighty hand of God, which means this. The be under the mighty hand of God means we have to be people who stop trying to control everything in our lives. Because what brings us the most anxiety is you and I always try to control and maneuver and manipulate certain scenes, people, and all of that. You know our biggest issue in America is that we are control freaks. We try to control everyone, right? Women, you think you can change men? You can't. <laughs> right? We're control freaks. We try to control everything in our lives, but being under the mighty hand of God is saying to yourself, at the end of the day, God is responsible for leading, providing, and guiding my life. My responsibility is to love others the way Christ has loved me. Submitting to the mighty hand of God is the greatest joy in your life because you're not telling, you're telling yourself it's not about you. It's not about what you accomplish. It's about what God wants to do in my life. And guess what, friends? God's hand is a lot greater than your hand. It's a lot bigger than your hand, right? His hand will actually lead you to where you need to go, lead you to what you need to have, lead you in all the great things. The world thinks that you need to seek, you need to seek power, rank, and position and status over everyone. And we try to say to ourselves, this is where happiness is. Happiness is being the leader. Happiness is, is being number one. Like Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't we ain't first, you're last. <laughs> Love that movie. But Jesus says, the people who are part of my kingdom, people that are part of what I'm accomplishing in this world, are people of humility. They say to themselves, I don't need to be number one. I, I, I'm okay with just allowing myself to, to sit back and to, um, to not be number one, but... Letting Christ be God and Lord of my life. Here's a couple things I want you to know. Number one, to be humble, you need to look to, our, look to your example in Christ. Think about Jesus. Philippians 2 says he humbled himself. Jesus is God. Jesus is, a, was, 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 is timeless, spaceless, and endless. He's before all of this. Every little fiber in the world, every little cell, every little material... This is God. And Jesus decided through humility to lower himself. Think about this. From heaven down. From heaven down. He came to us. He humbled himself. 
He never stopped being God. He always was God and man at the same time. But he's humbled himself and knowing that in his humility, the blessing that it would bring. And what's the great blessing? That we can know him and we can follow, follow the Father. Number two, we can lean on his spirit. Truly the only way you can be humble, friends, is not relying on self, but relying on the Holy Spirit who is in you to work through you. Number three, we need to have people in our lives who we can learn from. Be a person who is willing to be teachable. Be a person who acts like he doesn't know what he needs to know. Number four, learn through experience. Listen, friends, you and I have moments in our lives where we have dropped the ball. It's because our ego was wounded and affected by what we did. You and I have had moments in our lives where it's because of the way we responded out of pride has ruined the relationship. It has ruined the opportunity, right? So let's look at those moments and say, these are moments that I will learn from and create greater space so I can have greater humility, so I can create greater blessings in my life. From here on out, learn from your, from your experiences. Because we all have them. We all have failed people, and we all have allowed our struggles to overwhelm us to the point where it's affected others. But let's be people who will say, you know what? These are the moments where I get to learn to be different and greater for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Dear Father, we love you. Dear Father, we thank you. We honor you, and we, we hope that we know that, Lord, that you desire for us to learn humility, to grow in humility, to be people not of pride, but to be the people who are depending on your power, on your hand, and not allowing ourselves to be so entrenched on all that is happening around us, but to be so assured that you are for us. Would you please help us in this category? Would you please help the husband to have a little bit more, not just a little bit, a lot more humility in his marriage towards his children? I pray for the 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 the, the mother that she would have more humility. I pray for the, the young person that is listening to this, or whoever is listening to this, Lord, that they would find ways of how they can be more humble because you said it yourself um, uh, that you oppose the proud but you give grace to the humble. So we thank you and we love you. It's in your son's perfect name. So we pray, amen. May the Lord be with you guys. God bless. We'll see you soon.